When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. That's right. Hit that subscribe. Hit that like. It is Wednesday, the time of week we have a guest join us. Oh, yes. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Not to be confused with Prize Pack. All right. It's that time of week. Uh, we have a guest join us coming to us live. The best college football writer in America. Check him out at Channel 6. Check him out on the shutdown full cast. Spencer Hall, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Just sitting here reading the self-pitying monologues of coaches paid $11 million a year to yell at guys named Tyler. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm looking, by the way, you got Steve Spurrier peeking over your shoulder. We're going to talk a little bit about Jim Harbaugh, uh, the best play, the best things about that, and also the man who learned how to inflict pain for profit better than any other, uh, James Harden. But we 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 wanted to start with Dabo, because Dabo, I, w- I want to run this thought to you right fast about Dabo Swinney, where I appreciate Dabo because he's not boring. Like, you and I grew mm-hmm. up in an era of interesting college football coaches. You have Steve Spurrier over your shoulder, a great example of that. Every single college football coach now pretty much is boring. Like, I think that's the unspoken part of the Dion story, is that Dion is actually very old school because it's an interesting coach that's the center of the universe. Like, that's things are back to the way they were. And Dabo mm-hmm. is one of those, but, like, he ain't cool in no sort of way. Like, he's the overachieving dork, and people only like that when they related to him. And he does the bane of every coach's existence, a call-in show, right? That's he right. does the call-in show. We're still doing those. Where he has to take calls. Yeah, he has to take calls from the people. And I used to love it in North Carolina when Roy Williams did the call-in show because, man, he hated being questioned just generally, let alone by, like, <laughs> Shane from Black Mountain or whoever the person is that's just mm-hmm. calling in with a question and really thinks he's helping him out. Well, Coach, have you ever thought about running a zone? And, you know, he's like, I've thought of everything. This is all I do. What are you talking about? You're getting furious. So Dabo's doing his call-in show. And understand, for those of you who are not from this part of the world, even when things are going well, the call-in show is critics. All critics. Mm -hmm. But this critic, how would you figure uh, the critic is in this case, Uh, Spencer? Tyler, he sounded sounded about 26. I'm going to go Tyler sounded about 26 because he said he was a veteran. Right. Said said he said he'd done some done at least a couple of tours. So I'm thinking 26, 27. Yo, this completely changed the context for me because I had heard Dabo's response, but I kept hearing him say kid. So I thought it was a kid, like an actual kid. I didn't realize that he told somebody who's gone to war that he's a kid. Okay, I'm messing it up for the people who have not heard it. This is not all of it because it was a five minute response. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, okay. This mm-hmm. is this. Uh, Shaw, go ahead and uh, cue this up. Tyler. Hey, Tyler. I've, I've listened this to Tyler. enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you can you can have all your opinions that you want. All right. I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. 
All right, but let me tell you something. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem. To be honest with Tyler you, because that is how part much of the money problem. he made to coach. It's people like team. you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation. Mm-hmm. The expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm-hmm. and that's the, the problem. And so you know we've won 12 10 plus win year- seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why. Pitch. Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? This is my house. Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, <laughs> listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. All right? That's that's mm-hmm. that's what this is called. That's when you're like, oh, it's gotten personal. You want the job, you do the job. Uh, this is the black thought freestyle of coaching complaints. Like this is five <laughs> minutes of uninterrupted flames, and there is a lot of validity in there to the things he says. However, there's yeah. a lot of ugly me talk. If you've been to therapy, there's a lot of ugly self-talk in there prompted by insecurity where Debo was clearly just all of a sudden just says, you know, and what about this? I'm going to grab this off the shelf. I'm going to talk about this. At one point he starts talking about how he's never failed at anything in life. That's like for real. It gets into like wrestling monologue territory where it's like my shoes cost more than your house. There's a very Ric Flair edge to the last two paragraphs of this. Hold on, we got we got more of this, by the way, that we're going to queue up. But a point I want to make, I didn't make this clear enough in the beginning. This dude asked Dabo how you justify making $9 million a year while we got four mm-hmm. losses right now. And Dabo, I'll quit my job if these kids ever get paid. Sweetie, well, you know, he earned every dime of his money, damn it. He, he was ready to go. And hold on, we got more. Am I perfect? Nope. I'm far from it. <laughs> I am a, and I am a man of faith. Absolutely. All right. I'm 53 years old, and there ain't one thing in my life. I, now I have I have been a part of failure many times, but there ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at, Tyler. Who asked you about that? <laughs> Who brought that up? We're, we're just. By the way, I go to church. <laughs> <laughs> but what? he just kept going. Tyler mm-hmm. and everything else. Sean, we got that. We just called that man Tyler. He, I just. It, it's I am not as hard on Dabo as other people are, right? I've never have been as hard on him as other people because I understand how a man like that was created. And by the way, he is an absurd success story because if you were around mm-hmm. for the first two or three years of the Dabo Swinney era at Clemson, baby, there was no way in the world you thought it was going to be a fifth or sixth year. Forget about a championship. Like, he managed to build his own quasi-publicly funded church out of his whole program. They mm-hmm. won a lot of games. They had generational talents. They did all of that. And do you remember when people were talking about how he'd be the next coach at Alabama? He wouldn't last a week and a half at Alabama if this is how this went. I, I would tell you, the grill setting for the heat applied to coaches at Clemson is about uh, warm. It's somewhere, if it's on your burner, it's like at the you know the warmer stage. <laughs> Alabama starts at Broil. That's it. And if, if Tyler Cullen, if Tyler Cullen on the Cullen show is enough to send you into a defense where you're literally reading your driver's license, I'm 53. He says this. Well, I'm 53 years old. Thank you for the update, Nebo. That's great. You know, I'm 5'11". Uh, that's, it, there is there is no limit to the sensitivity of this man. And it's in part, too, by the way, because he hasn't been tested. 
Clemson has like X number of beat writers, tiny little thing. Okay. Relative to the Alabama job, the level of scrutiny you get and can apply. Cause if you're one of three guys trying to get the Clemson gig in terms of reporting and they don't like you, guess what? You start at three and they might bench you and give you <laughs> nothing. So the amount of, so the amount of scrutiny he's received there is minimal. And, and, and that's the, that's like baseline. And then he succeeded. Like, I don't, you know, do you see people in life? You go, I don't know how many people give you bad news ever, ever. <laughs> like what stage, what stage has he ever taken in the last 10 years where somebody said, hi coach, might be a rough day on the dais for you. Nowhere. He doesn't get introduced as anything but the hero of Clemson football. And to his credit, that's a fair appellation. When he says, hey, y'all ain't touched a championship in 35 years, there's a twofold message in there. One, it's funny <laughs> that he's like, hey, y'all ain't done crap with this till I came around and I can leave. Yes. Two, it's true. It was 100% it is true. true. That man... Yeah, in terms of absolute value, and I've said this before, but let's say it again. He's not valuable anywhere else or any he's not more valuable anywhere else than at Clemson because that is a key and lock situation. The latest vibe has been Dan Lanning as the heir apparent at Alabama. And that makes a lot more sense to me now because um, if this is the way it goes, dude, you got three weeks before you you throw in the towel in Tuscaloosa. We have been telling people for so long. I hated it. I wasn't working when it happened. But Alabama lost that mm -hmm. game to Texas. And people got that whiff of what could happen at this place. And mm -hmm. subsequent to that, by the way, Alabama's just like, well, I guess we just go ahead and start winning a bunch of games. Now, aren't we? And they still mad. They still mm -hmm. mad. But I see Sean put on the screen. Screen, will Dabo Swinney ever leave Clemson? If he does, it won't be his choice. No. he's Listen, this monologue for me confirms a dead ender. This is somebody who is not <laughs> leaving the building under their own power. This is not this. This is the kind of talk that you got when like, you know, you go on the Bobby Bowden cruise in 2005 and they're like, you know, the university doesn't appreciate this. Bobby could go elsewhere. I hate to tell you this. I don't <laughs> think your value or utility is the same. Like when Debo makes that threat, it's real, but it's also idle. Because if he goes somewhere else, there's absolutely no guarantee he's going to be able to pull off the same thing, even to a middling degree, as he did at Clemson. He managed to catch so many factors at once in terms of Clemson's rise to power there. And you'll notice a lot of this start short-circuiting once the NIL circuit or the NIL era really kicks in. There's a lot of factors here, but yeah. Debo and the NIL era have not been friends. Clemson has an NIL program. It's obviously effective. It doesn't dominate on the levels of other programs. Like if you are a person who specializes in this, if I say that Tennessee has a better NIL program than Clemson at this point, that's an accurate statement. And that's no slight to Clemson's. It just means that programs like Tennessee, they understand they need an outsized influence relative to their general size in terms of NIL money and in terms of NIL presence. And that's something Clemson hasn't hit. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. 
Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Let me tell you this. You don't really do this twice. Like, there's a small number of coaches that have had these two peaks, right? They get it back to where mm-hmm. it was before. That's not happening. Like, that's that's not it. What I want to know about the folks at Clemson is, what do you realistically expect out of your program these days? Like, do you look at this as, hey, we kind of hit lightning in a bottle? Because I don't think they look at it that way at all. I think they look at it and think they can go get another one of these dudes. My thing with Dabo is this. We saw this happen in basketball with Gary Williams at Maryland. And if you decide to be the Mm -hmm. last man or principal in the game, that's cool. There is a limit to how much winning you're probably going to do taking that approach. And if you're good with the limitations of that, that's cool. If your fans are good with the limitations of that, that's cool too. But it's limitations, right? Like he doesn't really want to do the transfer thing. He doesn't, you know, like to go get coaches from other places, all of that kind of stuff. And if Mm -hmm. you want to do it like that, that's cool. If you want to win national championships, it's probably not going to happen. Additionally, you have to accept this. And I think it's integral to the Debo Swinney story, which is that you are the exception to the rule. You are not the rule. I think a lot of the things that he's, a lot of the opinions he's expressed about NIL and about hard work and where you end up in life, they're great. I think they're very instructive and very useful rules for how to behave generally. I also think they reflect a situation where he does not fully understand exactly what a moonshot outlier of a case he really is. I think he genuinely believes that NIL was a bad thing and that paying players is a bad thing because the system that benefited him should be the system. He doesn't understand that it did not benefit so many other people and that he got lucky. And and this applies to the program as well. Clemson had three good to great quarterbacks in a row. They had Taj Boyd, who, respect on his name, Taj Boyd, is the foundation of Clemson's rise to the 10-win level consistently. Um, I love him. I don't think he gets enough shine as a quarterback. They also, um, they then get Watson, and then they get Lawrence. They had three in a row. You try to tell me a program outside of Alabama or maybe USC at its peak, not even USC, hitting three good quarterbacks in a row. Good to great. Guys who, like Trevor yeah, Lawrence, yeah, Trevor Lawrence was a, a fix-all. Whatever was going wrong with your offense, he could fix it. If you weren't running the ball, he'd take off for a long run that completely changed the course of the game. And if you weren't running the ball, uh, maybe he could throw a 60-yard pass straight through whatever coverage was happening. He was that good. Yeah, no, they... It's it's going to be different, and I'm loving it because this will be more questions like this because the other thing that happens mm-hmm. to you, too, when this goes a little different, everything you said about that Clemson beat writer that really ain't got the flex to come in there and ask no questions, that's the case when they're like 9-3, and 10-2. and two. You come out here uh-huh. and it's looking like 6-5 and five and you lose that South Carolina game, oh, the questions start sounding a lot different and Dabo ain't got it in him. He, he does it. Like, this is, this is something you and I talked about with Deion Sanders. I mentioned this on the last show. A big part of this job is how you do it when it ain't going so good. Mm-hmm. Do you throw your entire offensive line under the bus? 
which is exactly what Dion did and said, well, uh, we an offensive line, we could use one of those. Yeah, that's, you know, you guys won't be here next year. That seems to be something that maybe, maybe Dion hits that button a little too hard. I know it's very handy, but, uh, but also there's this. He's in Colorado, and I know that on the big days, the national games on Saturday, we might have a lot of people at the game. Week to week, still not a lot of coverage of that program, really. So a lot of the stuff that Dion might do isn't going to go as public as this. Also, Debo is kind of a lightning rod because, as you said, Debo's not cool. Like, I think Dion could paper mm. over a lot of that with cool. We could be like, okay, that's interesting. That's neat. Debo? Debo's anti-cool, and he will tell you, I'm anti-cool, and I'm fine with that. Obviously not. Obviously not. There's some sen- <laughs> there's some points of sensitivity here. And the points of se- sensitivity, too, by the way, when you mention like, like where he gets deeply uncool, one, when you mention his salary, and two, when you mention his coaches. Now, I, I kind of get that because you're talking about your people, all right? You take your people very seriously. You feel like as head coach, you need to stand up for them. However, you did hire a bunch of dudes who have never been anywhere else but Clemson. Never. And that can work. There's a lot of guys who've never coached anywhere else. Utah's built a really good program out of dudes who have largely never been anywhere else but Utah because Kyle Whittingham has a way he likes to do things. He teaches you that, and it makes you a very good coach at Utah. That's something that that Dabo hasn't really translated as well to. I think he felt like the success that his offensive coordinators in particular had, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott, who were both really Clemson dudes, I think he ascribed the success of those quarterbacks to them as opposed to the other way around. A lot of times coordinators mm-hmm. get end up getting fat head coaching paychecks off of the work of players who later have to wait to the NFL to ever see a dollar. And that is, I think, very much what happened with his hires. I think he confused his hiring acumen for the skill of his players. Yeah, I also tell you firsthand, them operations where everybody's only worked here, bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad. It, 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 it becomes a problem... It doesn't. It's not a first generation problem. It's a second generation problem, right? It's like mm-hmm. once you have to move a couple of people out, and now you got to move people up from within. That is where you wind up with the oh no 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 no. I've seen this happen many times in many walks. You can't have it where nobody else knows what's going on anywhere else. I will tell you the end stage of this is when you hire somebody else with the same last name. That that's what's coming. That's what's yes. going to happen. Okay, uh, happen with the Bowdens happened with the Ferences, okay? And you can see the way that's going to <laughs> Iowa right now. The most intolerable eight-win team in the world, thanks to Yo. hiring the Sun as the offensive coordinator. It got the Bowdens out of town eventually. Although, when you consider that, like, Jeff Bowden had that job. Jeff Bowden was uh, Bobby Bowden's son and was incompetent. He was not good at that job. He let him have that for, what, four or five years? He oh, still yeah. got four or five years. Yeah. That's unreal. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the dip of the program probably tied to a bunch of other things. Because let's be honest, mm-hmm. Florida State football was never built on genius. It was built on, look how <laughs> fast all these guys are. Even the left tackle, he's really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, which respect to that, by the way, Mickey Andrews, the defensive coordinator, was like, you know what a great strategy for, for uh, winning a game is? Killing the other quarterback. That seems yeah. to work real well. <laughs> they had one year where yeah. they knocked out something like, like eight out of their nine starting quarterbacks that they faced, they uh, they they knocked all of them out of the game. Like, yeah, not let's make this a real easy gig. But this is also, yeah. by the way, when you take out one of the pillars that makes a program work, right? Then you have to replace it. And gla- gradually, and I think Clemson fans have seen this. Gradually, we've been pulling those out, right? We've been 
taking coaches who are real good and not really replacing them. We've had a recruiting strategy come in that they haven't really embraced that other programs have. So it's incremental. When people look at that season last year where I believe they were 11 and three, um, they said, you know, these are these 10 and 11 win seasons. We see cracks. And I know this is what fans do. They get paranoid, right? They're like billionaires hoarding money. They're like, we really like all these wins we have. And we see a way that they're going to stop coming in the door. That's paranoia. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. That is a very, very real thing. And I think that's something that Clemson fans were right about. A lot of them were right about the ways in which they saw the little advantages this program had. And which, by the way, just getting here is kind of a miracle. It really is. Yeah, there's like, no this reason is a Mac- they should be good. This is a Mac Brown run, like a 10-year, 10-win-a-season run at a place that doesn't have Texas's resources and that doesn't have their profile. Yeah, there's it's no incredible. reason that they're supposed to be good. That's why I'm like, where are the expectations gone? Because they're going to be salty. On another day, by the way, we got to talk about all mm-hmm. things Iowa before the end of this season, including something that just seems to be going under the radar for reasons I do not understand. They got a super fast white dude that's projected to be a first round pick at corner. C-O-R-N-E-R. Corner. We will we will get to that at a different point. But uh, we got our good buddy Jim Harbaugh Spencer out here mm-hmm. in these streets. And I have to be honest. <laughs> I wasn't really paying no attention to this whole sign stealing thing. I just didn't care. You just, Mm -hmm. you just, you just couldn't make me care anything about this idea. Like I get it. And it becomes more of a story because Harbaugh can be so righteously indignant about so many other things. And then you get caught Mm -hmm. doing something that is like obviously against the rules, but you know, I don't care that much about this, but I do care a little bit just because I feel like there's gotta be some game recognized game. Like we got signs cause we gotta have signs. Like, just don't make them too obvious and everything's cool. But, like, you know, these these people got these things with all these pictures on them and everything else because they got to be so specific because people just can't, like, just turn their head away and respect the game a little bit. But Mm -hmm. when I saw this, Sean, if you could put this up, this dude, Connor Stallions, okay? You may be wondering why am I showing you a picture of a guy standing on the sideline because he's the dude that was getting on planes and buying tickets to games to steal signs. And he managed to get on the Central Michigan sideline when they were playing against Michigan State so that he could, at least theoretically, so that he could steal Michigan State signs. But he was so committed to the bit that he got down to the sideline and got himself Mm -hmm. the cap so that he could blend in. First of all, shout out to the now former security head of security at uh, Central Michigan Athletics because you can't work here no more. Number two, that's mm-hmm. dedication. Yeah, by the way, that's that kind of thing is what in engineering we call uh, an expect an expectation of acceptable risk, right? That's uh, the <laughs> primary example for the, the security guy would be like, what's my understanding of an acceptable level of thing I should be prepared for? You should not be prepared for somebody to try to infiltrate the coaching staff in CMU gear to steal signals because, <laughs> and I repeat, that's insane. That's insane. You can't, who would even like, I don't, don't fire the head of security. That to me was not something you could have expected because it's not a rational expectation. This is the most Michigan scandal to me ever. And I say this, I love like Ann Arbor is really a different place. It is a very much, and I say that in a good way, it is a different kind of community. Um, and they take that football extremely seriously, as seriously as anybody uh, in like all of college football in terms of us. That's an us. 
This is us. And these are the things we value. They're also nerds, proud nerds, people who are 100% (laughs) about show me the A as a public Ivy. I attended Michigan and will tell you that I attended Michigan. What is more Michigan than a guy on staff who is so down for the cause that he infiltrates the other sideline? goes and scouts other games and pays people to scout other games so that you can break all of their signals. Study for the test, Bo. That's what they did. They studied for the test. They memorized the answers. And then on top of that, told everyone they did it because there are other programs that have other guys who do this kind of stuff. Do you know where they are? I don't. That's because they're off camera. (laughs) They're in the back. They're in the booth. And they are not in those windows right facing the camera in the booth no 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 they're back they might be with the radio guys they might be the camera people who are lingering over with the social media team i know one major program that does that they just slide them right in with all of those like nice guys who film the football highlights and post the nice tiktoks and instagram reels for you uh they're also the same people who who are trying to steal signs we know that because those programs are quiet about it they are gangsters they're not going to do all that do you know where connor stallions is featured in multiple getty images if you sort through their photo tool he's right next to charlie or right next to uh, partridge their defensive coordinator or he's uh <laughs> or their linebackers coach he's right next to harbaugh because he wants to be seen he's like me me i did it look i have the sheet tcu players said they saw their old signs on a sheet of paper that Connor Stallions was holding. So it wasn't like, yeah, we want to be covert about this. He wanted it to be known. That's what it's, an insane person we're dealing with here. That's such a message board type move, right? Because the message board yeah. is all about people not trying to be known, but wanting just somebody mm-hmm. to know that they got some piece of information that they heard at the golf course this week. But how do you get credit I, if I, nobody I, knows it's you? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. In addition to this, Connor Stallions, for those who don't know, uh, didn't even go to Michigan. He was a Naval Academy grad and bragged that he used his Naval Academy expertise for SIGINT, signal intelligence and human human <laughs> intelligence. And it's hard to argue he didn't. Oh, because he, he executed yes. a covert op here. This is wet work, as the CIA calls it. OK, uh, well, he went in and infiltrated it personally. There. Because mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned that, because we're going to do some advertising mm-hmm. in just a second. But coming up next, that gets to what I want to know, what I think is maybe the best part of this, that I, at least as far as I've seen, I just haven't seen enough people talk about. That's what's coming up next on The Right Time. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season, too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey and a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. 
Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's video is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you're like me and love seeing your favorite artists in concert, you got to use SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. With the NFL and NBA seasons in full swing, SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Being a New Yorker, I have the opportunity to watch games or concerts at MSG or even Barclays Center. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. And you know I came through for you guys. You can use my code BOMANI for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code BOMANI. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. The holidays are right around the corner and HelloFresh can help ease some stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door, saving you so much time. The holiday season can be crazy and that's where HelloFresh's 15-minute meals come in handy. These quick fixes help you get a wholesome meal on the table in less time than it takes to get delivery. Just like always, HelloFresh's ingredients travel straight from the farm to your door, so you know they're fresh. And everything arrives pre-portioned, so you can start cooking them immediately. When I have busy podcast recording days, I prefer HelloFresh instead of delivery because not only is it more convenient, but it's also so much healthier. Go to HelloFresh.com slash JonesFree and use code JonesFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while the subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash JonesFree with code JonesFree. All right, welcome back to The Right Time. We're talking to Spencer Hall. We, uh, we're talking about the Michigan football scandal. And, Sean, can we put Connor Stallions getting himself all the way on the Central Michigan sidelines so he can steal signs back mm. on the screen? Because this is what I want to know about this. What was his story, right? Like when somebody came and tapped him on the shoulder and asked him why he was there, what was his story? Because Spencer, as you know, I'm sure I've told you about the time that I got caught sneaking in the Super Bowl and somebody asked me who I was and I gave him the fake name and then he told me I wasn't the fake name mm -hmm. and I just didn't have a story after that, right? Like I, I yeah. love stories about people sneaking into stuff. That reminds me, we probably need to get people to get that on the voicemail line this week. Y'all don't know the new number, 323-596-7767. You can hit us with your stories about sneaking into places. I love sneaking into places. I once snuck in the back door of a lingerie fashion show because me and my man James saw the Bishop Don Magic Wand pull up in the green Cadillac and follow where he was going and then wound up getting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. The year 2002. But I love a good sneak in story. I want to know what do you plan to tell those people when somebody, when the log arm or the law reached out and put his hand on his shoulder? Uh, you double down. Whatever it is, you double down. You go, yeah, call Craig. 
Who's Craig? <laughs> Craig, he's up in the booth. <laughs> Do you have the extension? No. I'm from Central Michigan. I don't know Michigan State's business. You, you, you call it. Craig's up in the booth, all right? I'm doing my job here, okay? So you call Craig. <laughs> you got a problem. That's it. Yeah, it's a little different down. tool. Like if you're caught. Because I guess being, yeah, being white, you got a different toolkit and righteous indignation. Like you got a chance of just mm-hmm. making it work with what are you doing here? Can't even believe you asked me that. You know, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You call your boss and you tell him what you just did. I'm gonna be over here. Mm. And then you just walk away. And that shit actually works in a way that it don't really work for my people. I had not really thought about that. I told you about the time my brother got caught sneaking in the Prince concert. Mm, no. Yeah, it's the mid-90s. I think it's the Emancipation Tour. And him and his buddy went to the concert with the concert was sold out, but the whole plan was basically just to look and see the I, whatever they were using for all access badges to then go back and then use nascent internet to Google that and create your own pass. And he did, and he got in the place, and then he parlayed it to another level, and then he parlayed it down to the floor, and then he tried to parlay it backstage, and that's when mm-hmm. it ran out. And when they started asking him questions, he the best thing he says about the story was he needed to flip the perception and make himself the victim. And so now he was the victim of a scam because he had purchased a ticket that apparently was not legitimate, even though he had been told it was. And so rather than them trying to take him to jail for trespassing, he's trying to put in a report Mm -hmm. for fraud. This is the turn your weakness into a strength. Yeah, Uh, that's right. By the way, that is true. That, That is true. You do have a certain amount of license as a Caucasian, though I will tell you in a predominantly African American space, say here in Atlanta, when you have been found guilty of infiltrating a space without said permission, ticket, or allowance, uh, it doesn't always go that way, Bo. A lot of times, it's always don't even try that shit. Don't even try that shit. Keep walking. Just be cool, man. Just be cool. Yeah, you're right. The, be, the one white yeah. man in the room getting righteously indignant is not going to work because now this becomes a community no. battle. No, let me tell you, you, you put your finger up, test that wind. It's blowing <laughs> and it's blowing the opposite way. You need to pick that up real quick or your night's going to get real bad. I love this, though, because a lot of the talk on this now is about where the Harbaugh is going to get this extension. Yes. Like, I don't. Mm. We are so far removed from Jim Trestle getting fired over some tattoos. But in reality, Jim Trestle no. got fired because Urban Meyer was over there just, you know, killing time, looking for something to do. Well, it, there's a difference there, too. Ohio State knows institutionally we don't need you. We don't. <laughs> a little bit like Alabama in that we got 10 wins here if you want them. And they might be the wrong two <laughs> losses, but we got 10 wins. You're not the magic. We're not Clemson. We don't need you threatening, you know, <laughs> y'all ain't never won anything here. No, no, we, we won a lot and we're going to keep winning. We, we shed Urban Meyer, you know, we shed Urban Meyer like bad skin. Just whoop, done. They, really did. they did like a snake shedding its skin. They were like on to the next one, picked up Ryan Day. Guess what? He's awesome. He's like 50 and five or something since he came right. there. And we don't and know if he's good. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the machine you're driving, it's a really good machine. It's really good at what it does. Michigan, <laughs> buddy, we know that's not true. We we have seen what that machine is like without a competent driver, and it goes straight into the wall. Okay? We've seen what but it's they, like with a pretty good coach who didn't have things exactly lined up right. It wasn't good either. Yeah, he was a bad fit. He was a bad fit. Rich Rodriguez, we all had incredible things to say about him. Mm-hmm. Hey, bad fit. Bad fit. Bad bad fit did not work, failed, and went straight into another kind of mid-failure. That's not 
it, Michigan is a job that requires a little bit of custom work. You need somebody with a custom fit. Harbaugh is as custom fit for that job as possible. Additionally, too, here, like if we're going to bring up like, okay, exit scenarios, because um, I, I wrote about this on the newsletter, Channel 6. You should uh, pay me and subscribe to it because it's real good. Um, you should. We'll give you two things a week for uh, $10 a month. What a deal, what a buy. I wrote about this, that that the Big Ten has to take this seriously. I don't care what the NCAA says about it. I really don't. It's an NCAA rule they broke. It's a dumb rule, but it's a rule, and you really can't budget. Um, and it's also, by the way, Michigan fans have gone, well, you know, we, we ignore NCAA rules when it comes to compensation because they're unjust. Well, yeah, I agree. That has to do with money. It has to do with an entirely different kind of money if you're doing something which might marginally affect the outcome of games, the games of which are sold by the Big Ten, which represent a core element of the product that they sell to networks. So they have to be at least marginally concerned in the way that the NFL is concerned about somebody placing a $20 bet on their phone in the locker room because it affects the core product. And if I know one thing about the Big Ten, it's that they like to pretend they're a giant corporation, which they kind of are and kind of aren't. And so in order to go ahead and be that pretend corporation with real money, they have to take this very seriously. That's the thing. Um, And when they do that, let's just say we arrange a graceful exit for Harbaugh. Who has, by the way, been chomping at the bit, like interviewed for the Vikings job last year or last (laughs) season, um, has always sort of openly touted his NFL ambitions, which I think are entirely related to the fact that his brother has one and he doesn't has a ring. Yes. (laughs) Right. I want you to know that on Thanksgiving, beat him to get it it. and beat him to get it. And if when money is no longer the issue, all you have are feelings. And I guarantee you that man wakes up every morning and he's like, God. God damn, he's got one. He's got one, and I don't. I don't. Like, yes. he could win a national title, and it would still bug him, right? So if Michigan well, goes out big and we say, okay, and a graceful exit to the NFL, who, who's he going to coach? Who's he going to coach? Because the deal on this guy is very well known. He's abrasive. He's going to cause problems. He's not going to be the easiest man to work with. He's a great football coach. I don't think anybody denies that. But where's he going to go in the NFL that's going to welcome him with instant open arms? It's not an obvious pick. Well, well, so I think there is one. Now, the thing with him, and you just hit Mm -hmm. it there, is no matter what, they're tired of Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh is tired of them. Doesn't matter how long he's been there. Doesn't matter exactly, you know, no Mm -hmm. matter what, they are tired of him. He is tired of them. And I'm just telling you right now, the Panthers mess around and go one in 16, two and 15 or whatever it is. That's the place. Mm-hmm. And one thing he will yeah. do, and we know this, he'll turn this thing around fast. You will have an identity. He is good at this. And then we get the magical thought of him and David Tepper, two people that burn people out really fast, oh, being God. in the same place. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it might be, it might not last long, but you got a good chance of success in the short run if you decide to do this. But you are right. He is I, I am enjoying the idea of people making a big deal out of this, not because I think it's that big of a deal. I understand it, but I don't really think of it as that big of a deal. I love mm-hmm. it because somebody got to be a renegade out here. Now, this is low-level renegadery, right? Like, not that the NIL yeah. era exists. You're not really going to have the high-level renegade that you used to have. But this game is supposed to have renegades. It's supposed to have somebody you know probably over there cheating. That makes it more fun. Right, this is... Yeah, because the the frontiers for cheating are really sort of narrowing down. 
the only thing I can think of that people would openly embrace that might be of some level of controversy would be the ones who have a strength staff that are just like, yeah, we're on roids. We're on yeah. roids. It's a hard game. We're just trying to recover. That's all. This is just tactical recovery. That's all. The first team to do that. The first team that's like, it's under medical supervision. If they're like your your friend who's on, you know, testosterone replacement, right? Like, yes. no, 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 no. It's not roids. It's under the supervision of a doctor. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that that's the next frontier. Yeah, like we got the wrong renegades. Like, what is their renegade thing? Treat the players like shit. Like that, that's that's what it is. Is yeah. the Kirk Ferentz, Chris Doyle, Red? Oh wow, we had no idea that our players felt as though they were being abused by their strength coach, right? Like, no, we didn't know that. No, no, no. We don't need we don't need that kind of renegade. I need somebody just out here breaking some rules and daring you to do anything about it. And Harbaugh makes it so good because Harbaugh never thinks he's lying. Maybe that's he is, the thing about but he never thinks we- he is. When you go like, is is Harbaugh cool? You go like, I regret to inform you, no. There's there's very little that's cool about Jim Harbaugh. So him cheating and being kind of an outlaw, he doesn't even want that, right? They've he's been adamant this whole time. You know, we do things the right way. We've cooperated with the NCAA in every single way. You shouldn't cooperate with the NCAA. You shouldn't. Just tell them no. Tell them go away. <laughs> you don't even have to make a public statement about it. Just nah. Yep. No sell. I don't care. Do what Jim Harbaugh sometimes does to reporters on campus visits. Just be like, I don't have time today, guys. Because I know he does yeah. that. <laughs> That's what North Carolina had because they had always, you know, they're another play the right way all-star. And then they got caught up with the Bush mm-hmm. Davis stuff. And they're like, well, we're going to go tell them everything. And I'm sure they'll be kind to us as a result. Uh, nah, actually, they kept you in limbo Not for years. Your f- let me just let, let me just do this, okay? Treat it like your local in, your local DUI lawyer, okay? Your local mm-hmm. DUI lawyer will tell you the first thing. Don't talk. Don't talk. It's right there on the billboard. Don't talk. <laughs> Call me. That's <laughs> it. Here's the thing. They don't even have subpoena power. They don't. This is very much a how are you like, – like who's going to sanction me? Try right. it. Try it. <laughs> okay? Try doing it. By the way, you're Michigan. They're not going to mess with the cash cow. You're no. a large constituent member of this organization. If you don't cooperate, they have nothing. <laughs> and the chief witness in this, by the way, is Connor Stallions, who <laughs> loves Michigan so much, he wrote a 500-page manifesto. That's right. That's a Michigan man with a manifesto. Again, <laughs> he's not going to turn on you. He's not going to say anything, especially if there's at least the implicit promise of something down the road in the network to make it worth his while not to. This is how you have to think because there are other oh, programs that I guarantee you have done the exact same thing they have. They just kept it on the low. Dude, Connor Stallings would do something even better. He'd show up to whatever hearing, whatever trial, whatever deposition and make a scene. He would mm-hmm. absolutely get in there just like there, beat himself on the chest, stand there and like a salute or whatever it mm-hmm. is. But he, he would demonstrate his fealty to the larger operation. Very transparent. Wolverine neck tat, full on yeah. Michigan yeah. neck tat. No, he want everybody to know what time it is and where he is. But I got to get to this before we get out of here because we talk to college football. Because honestly, I don't get to talk college football in front of people that much, like especially when I was working at ESPN. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, I. I have no interest in turning into the person who talked about working at ESPN all the time. But I do want to say this. Sure. College football is a tricky thing for talking about on television because the rule about talking about stuff on television is really you got 48 hours. And so you play games on Saturday. You're not on television until Monday. And then there's a day full of NFL 
the day before, right? Like you don't really get that many mm-hmm. chances, honestly, to talk about it. So it's part of why I light up so much when we have Spencer on here. But we have to talk about the James Harden trade just because you and I just like talking about human stuff. And we like you look at people and you can tell that at some point in their development, there was some inflection point that kind of made them who they are, right? Like people talk about like the origin story or like when you became the villain, you know, or whatever it goes, right? And with James mm-hmm. Harden, Spencer, what happened in his life is the moment that he realized if I just tear some shit up, they'll do what mm-hmm. I want every time. It's happened every time without fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is something I don't know if it was early in his childhood. I suspect in his NBA career, it's when he was part three in <laughs> the Oklahoma City triad where he said, how can I really differentiate myself from Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant? And the answer was, I can be a pain in the ass. If you're always on, a pain on, in the ass. That was bro. the second way he figured it out. The first way was, I'm going to grow this beard. Like, nobody Correct. has gotten more money off of a fashion choice than James Harden deciding to grow that beard. But continue. Yeah, it's like him and then me in 338th place on the decision to grow a beard <laughs> being very beneficial to our careers. He, uh, I think the thing that you need to understand about these people, it's like if somebody walks in the room, like normal room full of people, right? Whoever walks in the room and goes, that person, that person is trying to take control, right? Somebody asked me what's wrong with me. Like that person is trying to control the room with their emotions. And you might think, oh, I need to appease them. No, no, they won't be appeased because they're going to come in tomorrow and they're going to go, And James Harden's figured out that professionally, if I can be that person and express no remorse and exert maximum discomfort on the room, eventually people will relent. People who pride themselves as being spreadsheet warriors, i.e. Daryl Morey, who are like, Mm -hmm. I will just do what this, I will just do what the algorithm says. I will just do what the math says. The math said the same thing like months ago. And you thought it was (laughs) going to change. And you know who has the highest pain tolerance for his own discomfort? That's James Harden. Because it just doesn't care because it works. It works. If you're the person like who can withstand the most pain, like it's like you. This. Yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to feel like this. Mm-mm. Do you know what the callus on that man's soul has to be? Because I know James Harden <laughs> has feelings. Do you know what they're under? 50 miles of concrete. You're never getting to him. You're not. He's yes. going to make you uncomfortable. And he's got – he is to discomfort what endurance athletes are to ultra marathons. He's just going to make it yes. bad and he really doesn't care because the checks are going to clear because even in his diminished state and at his age, there are very few people who can do what he does. He had a pretty yeah. good year last year. He really did. And by the way, Daryl Morey, by the way, was not the one to get hit to this. The owner got on the phone and was like, hey, like everybody saw other than <laughs> Daryl, like, dude, we can't do this. You just sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to take what you can get. And what Daryl got, and this is important for a guy like him because he can't look like he lost a trade. So he got enough Mm -hmm. of that nerd stuff that makes enough of the right, the people whose opinions he cares about feel like he got it done, right? So it's like, oh, two first round picks. Never mind those first round picks are later. So like if you're in the NFL draft and these drafts are different, Mm -hmm. but if you're in the NFL draft and you trade this year's first round pick or or like your second round pick this year away, you get a first round pick for mm-hmm. next year. Like there's a one round per year discounting that takes place. These picks ain't coming up till 2026 and 2029. But hey, 
They got two first round picks. They got back some dudes that ain't really good at basketball. And they're like, hey, but he also got all this cap space. Who wants to play for you? Like the idea mm-hmm. that you're just going to go make some trade and just get somebody to come here. No, no, no. You, no, that's not going to work. This isn't, no, no. But the owner was like, dude, this has to end. And this has to end right now. Because when James Harden <laughs> showed up on the tarmac, like, yo, I'm ready to fly mm-hmm. out. Somebody there was like, we can't let him get on this plane. Why? Because he's going to tear some shit no. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Like, at least, you know, at least Jimmy's funny about it. Like, at least Jimmy Butler is funny about it when it comes time to implode things. Also, I know when it comes to playoff time, Jimmy Butler is ready to die. Jimmy Butler yes. is ready to run through walls. Jimmy Butler is ready to play on one leg. And Jimmy Butler is going to show up. It might be for 14 and 5. Okay? Right? But that's because he's probably playing on, like, one ligament and happy thoughts. That's pretty yes. much what Jimmy Butler is going to be on at that point. Like, he's going to redline it. That's not... That's not what you're going to get out of Harden. It's just oh, not what you're going to get no, out of him it's whatsoever. Over, it is over. Time mm-hmm. is up. Like my mama says, she always knew that I was going to wind up being this skinny. Because when I was like as a child, if I was done eating, I was done. Right? Like, you know, those people, if you keep putting mm-hmm. food in front of them, they're just going to keep eating food. That was never the way that I was wired. When James Harden is finished, it's done. You know what else is like that? That dude over your shoulder, Steve Spurrier. When Steve Spurrier looks up and realizes done. that this thing is over, he quits the job the next day. Doesn't matter what else is going on. It's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is very much like those people win. You're dictating terms. I love that <laughs> he managed to do this to an NBA owner. like Because owners in sports are generally the kind of people who win by inflicting this kind of discomfort, economic and emotional, on other people. Yes. If you want to win a negotiation, be the person with the highest pain tolerance. We mentioned one earlier that I wanted to return to. It's one of my favorite examples of doing this. Uh, that was Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. If you remember, they were going to build a nice practice facility in Rock Hill. Right? Yep. Beautiful practice facility. Got pretty far into actually building it like it's still sitting there half finished the town started to boss hog him right to be like wait you should get my cousin a job and here this might cost a little more than you think (laughs) and eventually that hit a point of pain he could no longer tolerate and he said choke and just left it (laughs) just Just left left. it like if y'all are going to nickel and dime me like some little podunk scammer town i'm out and he did it (laughs) And he ate he let, the money because you know what it means to him? Nothing. Dude, he, Nothing. Left they shit, he left they shit looking like 2008 where you go past and his PVC pipes coming up out the ground. <laughs> right? Yeah. A house with no roof on top. Like, yo, uh-huh. The money has stopped. This is this is not. No, it's over. Like you made a great mm-hmm. point of heart too. I don't even think it's a good idea for the Clippers for a whole host of reasons that this isn't it. But they need to make that man ahead of the players union. Like, this is a man that needs to run a strike. Like, he's made the call. Like, look, once I'm done, I'm going to get this. I'm not backing down. Somebody's going back down. I've told y'all before about this. We lived in Nigeria for a year in the middle of the 1980s. And my mama came back Mm -hmm. a lean, mean, negotiating machine. And the reason she came back a negotiating machine is she learned it really just comes down to stomach. Like, are you willing to sit in this Mm -hmm. for as long as it takes to get it done? And James Harden, James Harden is so good at sitting in it because he recognizes he's not going to have to sit in it because you're not going to bring me around. Like, everybody know what Mm -hmm. I do by now. 
I'm not like basically James Harden, when he came to the tarmac, was saying this. He just came back from the trunk, right? He was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go to the trunk. Yeah. I'm going to come back and we'll work mm-hmm. this out. And then he came back like, all right, cool. They heard boom, trunk shut. And then James Harden walked up and they was like, hey, 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 man, you can't come in. You can't come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, dude, for white men can't jump. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go to my That's trunk. Right. Come back That's to right. no, pistol. No. No, no, no. Every now and then, in that fateful moment, it's a a feeling that you know when the fight looks like it's about to start and somebody breaks it up. And then the dude is like, no, no, you're right. It's cool. We don't need to fight. We don't need to fight. And then just kind of hops and skips on the way out of there. You need to be getting out of there, too, in the opposite direction. He was he was a little too ready to fight to be so happy to not fight. Okay, y'all need to get Mm -hmm. the hell up out of here. Uh. This is the the his autobiography. If and when he writes it, is the power of nah. That's it. Yes. That's his, if he goes and heads, if he heads up the union, that's the negotiating tactic. They'll come back with a counteroffer. <laughs> Harden will just take that mic, Dude. and rather than going, I cannot believe uh, the indignation I feel if this owner's ch- nope, it's just gonna be nah, nah, nah. You put James Harden in front of the players' union. The next time they got a CBA negotiation, it's gonna look like that scene in Malcolm X. Problem is, when James Harden's contract is up for renegotiation with that same union, you'll be paying him $150 million mm-hmm. a year. Or, on the way out, ain't gonna be no union. <laughs> we'll just have to trade James to another union. He's going to the UAW, boys. <laughs> right, exactly. James is coming in being like, hey, I would like to be traded to the NFLPA. Make it yeah. happen. They could, they could use him, to be honest. So, yeah, let's make it They're happen. So badly. So badly. I like I have no problem with this trade dictation. I think he's made some really strange decisions, but in the end, he does feel like look, I told you this what it's about to be. And you can make the argument, well, it didn't work because he didn't get traded to Philly. Not directly. He was forced to make an intermediate stop on what had the potential to be the best team in the NBA. And by the yeah. way, that was working until he got there and was like, yo, this Kyrie thing is a problem. Don't you he was the one sane person in that whole thing that was like, mm-hmm. dog, don't, 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 don't you see the my favorite James Harden quote of all time? I'll give him the shot myself. <laughs> he, said, he said it to the media in the locker room about Kyrie. He was so outdone with Kyrie about that vaccine. He was like, I'll give him the shot myself just running it like a black bag job around the corner in his neck bah! just just yes there yes. avoided all the problems yes. there we go yes i'm going to say one thing right fast as we're getting to the end and it's one of those things that you say just to leave there but i'm just going to say it i'm gonna leave mm-hmm. it you ain't got to say nothing about it i've just had this all my heart for a while and it's too good for me please, to not share please. and maybe somebody else has asked this question but uh how come ain't nobody asking Kyrie about current events huh that's funny. So as somebody with the master's in uh, international affairs, Bo, um, which I do have and have studied yeah. international affairs, my official answer would be nah. No, nah, yeah, nah, not dude, touching it with the football. They, they, they asking mm-hmm. nobody about current events this time. I don't know who made the call, but nobody is asking about current events. All I'm going to say is this, and I'm going out of here. I saw a video of the black Israelites fighting Palestinians in Chicago, and I was like, oh, boy, it's a lot going on in the news these days. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, like, lot going, it's a lot going on. And, and, and nobody is asking for an opinion from the one person that I would like to hear from. And by the way, it would probably cost him the rest of his career that he's managed to salvage. But 
That's the one guy I want to hear from about. I think you just made it happen. So enjoy the next couple of days when this all drops hey. and somebody actually asks Kyrie about it. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. Mark Cuban would send in the Delta Force or whoever it was necessary. There'd be a butterfly <laughs> net thrown over you so fast. They run your ass out of that. They run your ass out of that locker room so fast. Everybody would. The the Luca would get you before. Like you, you try to run up with that question. You just be surrounded by dudes in black shirts, dudes in black suits, dudes just with black skin. Everybody's getting you up out of here. Yeah, like the the full human size bag, right? Like you would yes. start to talk human size bag. Just yes, it'd be person. like you, yeah. you. It's like you was never here. You just phew, like, well, yeah. there was a guy right here just asking an incendiary question. What just happened? Well, yeah, you just turn me into take. You just turn me into takeout. Bag me up, carry yeah. me out the door. Yeah. <laughs> that is Spencer Hall. Check him out on Channel Six. Check out Shutdown Full Cast. It's a podcast. I think you may have gotten that from the cast. The best college football writer in America. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. It's fun. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. My man, Sean, you handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, a reminder, the phone number, 323-596-7767. That's our voicemail line. Give us your stories about getting caught trying to sneak into something. You might get played on the Monday show. 323-596-7767. Uh, thank you for watching us on YouTube. Thank you to Prize Picks. Remember, rate us, review us, give us five stars, and subscribe and like. But if you only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Take it easy.